What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 347 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me on the line is Robert DeFelice. It's a historic night, Tony. It is We're a historic history. night. Uh, because it's the hot tags. Yes. That's what's the history. There's no women on this show. <laughs> of course there isn't, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least Caroline was on the... Um, most recent sexiest superstars tournament thing. Go ahead, back ahead. Uh, go back ahead. That's a word. Go back and check that out. Uh, we did that ahead of time. Uh, but I said, just mention this is the hot tags. This is the breakdown of the week where we do all the talk about the rumors and the news and the gossip and the current events and anything else that's going on that isn't our main event type material. Uh, the main event's coming up a little bit later on this week. Superstars tournament stuff is already taken care of. So we got a little bit of things from the past couple of days, a couple of things coming up in the future to talk about. And you can tell by the description right now, we are going to talk about evolution. But we're going to wait. We're going to save that at the end because that's the main one. We're going to talk about Triple H and Ric Flair and Randy Orton and B- Batista. Yeah. It's a mystery, though, of when we're going to talk about it ah. specifically. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Well, we got a lot of women to talk to talk about here because uh, there have been new names uh, thrown out there for the May Young Classic. Although one of them has been taken off the list, and it's kind of confusing. They had said Crystal. I don't know who Crystal is. She's from the same promotion in the Philippines where the motherfucker lit himself on fire before diving through a table. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why she was removed. I think that that's kind of strange. Um, maybe they started looking into the promotion and saw somebody light themselves on fire before they jumped through a table. The only thing that I can think of is maybe, because I don't, I didn't get a chance to check out the WWE.com post itself that had put it up, but what they've been doing is they've been putting, like, little blocks of text for each person. And maybe they didn't have, like, a picture of her up or something. Maybe they're just going to wait and put her back up. No, they had a picture of her. Oh, they did? They had the picture? Yeah, they had, they oh. had the picture. She was holding up a championship in the picture I saw. Huh. Yeah, well, then I don't know. Maybe she's, like, medically disqualified or something like that. But they've also thrown out Deanna Perrazzo is, you know, an official one. We thought that that was pretty much a guarantee, but now it's official. We have Jesse Elban from NXT and the Performance Center. I don't think she's actually wrestled on NXT television yet. Yeah, she was the one. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know Crystal either, but yeah, no idea who Crystal is. But Elban's doing like some kind of like nerd gimmick or something. I'm uh, I'm cool with it. Uh, Kavita V from last year, the uh, Indian wrestler. She is back. Mercedes Martinez. No. Very happy to hear that she is back. We uh we were very all like uh very positive on Mercedes Martinez, so I actually kind of hope that she wins. I want Nicole Savoy to be announced already. Yeah, she hasn't been announced yet, but we do have some other people that are returning. So it goes to show that they are willing to bring more people back. Like Mia Yim, she's coming back. Uh, Reina Gonzalez is coming back, and even though she is sort of in NXT now and whatever, so which kind of defeats the purpose. But Tenera Kanchi has been uh, announced, and Tegan Knox the one who would have been Nixon Newell or Stephanie Newell last year, but got injured. She's got another chance around this time. Oh, okay. Now, another little bit of information that goes along with this, though, is a possible 
leaked list of the other people that are in the tournament. Renee Young apparently followed a bunch of different people, and they were all women, and they were all, like, right around that kind of, you know, makes sense for them to be a part of it. The names that she had followed, apparently, that haven't already been confirmed yet, because she had followed, like, Kavita DeVee, Jesse Elevan, Crystal, different things like that. She had also followed Isla Dawn, your girl. Yeah. Uh, Jessamine Duke. All right. Lacey Lean. Don't know who, I don't know she who is. that is. <laughs> uh, Marina Shafir. She's a possibility, too. Yeah. Uh, Miko Satamura. Of course. Don't know who she is. Uh, Monique Jenkins, and she will talk about her in a little bit. Uh, Priscilla Kelly. I've heard that name before. She's the I've one that, that looks well. like Paige, right? Uh, I'm going to Google her because I've heard the name. I can't picture her right now. I think she's the one that looks a lot like Paige. Like a uh, younger Paige, but the same age. Kind of like she didn't do the whole like, Ooh, lip yes, injections and she stuff. Does. She does look a whole lot like Paige. Uh, Rachel Evers was another one. She was in the Mae Young Classic last year, so it makes yeah, sense. Uh, Rachel Ellering. Yep. Uh, I have no fucking idea how to pronounce this girl's name, but Shadia or Shadia, and then it's B S E I S O, like Sezo. I don't know. That's like just mash the keyboard real quick, you know that kind of thing. Um, Sienna, who I don't know anything Sienna, about, like, but I've heard some um, things. That's Allison K. That's a former TNA Knockouts champion. Or Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. She's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, Tony Storm, who we know is in NXT UK now. Vanessa Craven, no idea who she is. That's a name I know. I can't think of a face, but I know the name. Vernice Gabriel, don't know who she is. You don't know who Vernice Gabriel is? Come on. Indy. I don't follow indie stuff. I, I, I don't know who she is. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. I should probably Google some of these people. Let's see. Vanessa Craven. Maybe I do know them, and it's just like different names or something. Nope. Don't know Vern- Vanessa Craven. Vernice Gabriel. It help if I would spell that correctly when I'm typing. Vernice Gabriel. Well, she's cute. Uh, don't know her. Um, It looks like she's... The Shadia is the first... Is the Arab world's first woman to sign with WWE. So we know that's a PR stunt. Um, mm, makes sense. And there's also Zia Lee, who was in there last year. And then this is the most interesting one that she had followed. Madison Rain. Well, okay, Madison Rain did just lose the knockouts championship match and was thrown into a casket and I don't believe was at these impact tapings. Let me check real quick. Very interesting if she comes in, though. I always liked Madison Rain. I think she's the third best of the beautiful people girls. I love really? Velvet Sky. Like, you mean, I like, guess, in the ring, or you mean, like, looks, or you mean overall? Like, or? Um, mostly in the ring. Looks-wise, probably number two. Um, Velvet Sky is really good. And I don't know if Angelina Love is done, but she deserves. I will say, if we're going to do a spoiler, 
we're gonna have a 50 woman pay-per-view because you know like all pay-per-views they announce the amount of talent that will be appearing the beautiful people deserves a chance at something like this mm, i don't know <laughs> i don't know kind of depends but I thought that that was really interesting. And uh, I mean, we've gotten some of the names already that she's followed have been announced. And we're currently waiting on, I think it's 16 different names we still need. So looking at the list, I mean, Dawn, Duke, Lane, Rain, Shafir, Satamora, Jenkins, Kelly, Evers, Shadia, Sienna, Storm, Craven, Vernice, and Zia Lee is 15. It's a 32, so we need 17 names? We need 16 more. If you um don't ca- if you count Crystal, we need 16. If not, then we need 17. All right, Lacey Lane is uh I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> Lacey Lane, let's see what Lacey Lane looks like here. Um Nope, don't know her either. I don't know her at all, but I'm for it. Hmm. Well, she is a part of a group that is another story that we got going on here. New recruits to the WWE Performance Center. Lacey Lane's one of them. Uh, Monique Jenkins, that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. She's one of them. Deanna Perrazzo's another one. Io Shirai's another one. Keith Lee, who we know is in NXT. Stacey Irvin Jr. Luke Menzies. Taishin Dong and Denzel Dejournet. Or Dejournet. That's what it is. Not Dejournet. You say Dejournet. <laughs> Stacy Irvin Jr. E R V I N. So I don't know any of these people except I've heard about Keith Lee. Uh, I have obviously heard about Shirai. I've seen Diana Perrazzo, of course. Uh, everybody else, I have no idea who they are. So. Um. Well, remember, they could always technically be just athletes from some other sport. I think that Denzel is, and they they had given a breakdown, and this is so many days old that I just forgot to add the fucking information in there, so. Yeah, sorry, everybody, you're not getting uh, all the information. Monique Jenkins did some work in Impact Wrestling. That's cool. You know, she was trained by the Dudleys. That's cool. And she's one of those potential May Young Classic people. So if that's the case, then she could be brought in the way that they brought in like Renee Gonzalez, where they were like, or Reina Gonzalez, not Renee. Uh, Reina Gonzalez was brought in and in the Performance Center, they do the May Young Classic. They go back to the Performance Center and they're still working their way through that. I think that that pretty much means Lacey Lane and Monique Jenkins are going to be a part of it. Because, uh, you know, Shirai is and Perrazzo is. So. Keith Lee and the men. They're going to have to wait. There's no Men Young Classic or something like that. I don't know what it would be. Uh, you know, did you ever hear anything of like Luke Menzies or anything like that, for instance? Yeah, I'm I'm looking him up. Uh, this Irwin guy is an NCAA wrestler. So that's pretty cool. Always good when they get involved in wrestling. I don't know who Luke Menzies is. Uh, you know, Io Shirai, obviously, from Stardom. Diana is the only one I'm like super familiar with. I'm familiar with Keith Lee too, but not as much as I am somebody like Diana. 
Yeah, she's the one I've seen the most of for sure. She's actually been in NXT and she's wrestled a couple of matches here and there. So and Keith Lee, by the way, and his like, hey, I'm signed to the performance center photo looks super old. Like he looks like he's 45. Like who Keith Lee? He said, yeah. How old is he? He's probably like I, 30 something, right? I have no clue. Um, let's look. He is 33. Yeah, some people look younger. Some people look older. You never really know. <laughs> um, I am very excited to see Lacey Lane. She looks like she'll be a badass. Uh, Io Shirai is great. Probably end up wrestling Asuka at this thing, but I'm fantasy booking already. Uh, yeah, should be an interesting list of recruits. If I had to guess, I'd say Lacey Lane and the guy from the NCAA, Stacey Irwin Jr., will be the ones that we actually end up really looking towards as stars. It's kind of hard to tell because the Performance Center isn't the same as NXT, where in NXT you can kind of look at certain people and go, all right, that person's going to get a big push, that person's going to struggle a little bit. It wasn't like No Way Jose was really going to start winning championships left and right. But then with the Performance Center, like we currently have one Ely brother. The other one got released. Like there's weird things that go on like that. We've gotten people well, from tough enough that like have never that, gone somebody through. Somebody must like, ask for their release. I from what I've heard, it seems like it's I think it's Gabriel's the one that was released, or I don't know, it's hard to tell. Gabriel or Uriel, whichever one was released. The story I had heard was maybe he has concussion issues. But then again, we've gotten people like uh ZZ from Tough Enough. Like they they put people through the performance center that don't necessarily even make it into NXT. You never really know. Uh, Chad Lale. Dude was in Impact for all this time. He still hasn't made an NXT debut for the most part. That is one of those things that really ticks me off. This dude pinned Sting on global television. Why is he going through your developmental system? Because he had to become Jackson Riker first. (laughs) Oh, correct. He had to become a fucking Tekken character. Uh, let's see what we got here. This is a quick one. WWE has filed for the trademark of Starcade. They did that, Good like, I, you know, a week ago. I, I hope they actually ago. use it for a pay-per-view and not just a house show. I'm assuming just another house show. And I'm assuming that they probably did this because they wanted to make sure that they didn't try to make some kind of Starcade-related thing with, like, StarCast and everything else like that going forward. Uh, you know... I I hope WWE stays far away from All In and doesn't affect it too much. They already kind of got Deanna pulled from the show. But I hope that they let them do their thing. Who knows? Maybe this is a one and done, or maybe not. You know? I'm a little bit skeptical of the fact that they just... Like, they trademark stuff all the time, and sometimes they don't use it. But we do know that StarCast, I mean, it's got the two R's. Yeah, it's clearly, uh, well, it's a podcast convention. It was actually created by Conrad Thompson. I learned that last week, that it's his brainchild, and it's just a cool name because, you know, it's like Starcade, and it's Cody, and I keep saying, this is just Cody's Starcade. So that's all, all it is. 
Yeah, I bet if they could have used the, you know, the Starcade name, they probably would have. But that might be just why WWE was doing it. Just like that's trademark it. Make sure that they can't use it. Just stick it to them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna trademark Rhodes. <laughs> just not they, they fucking did. The, Cody, when he wrestles, he can only wrestle as Cody. Yeah, but I mean, like that'd be like we're gonna do a brand new pay per view, and it's just gonna be called Rhodes. Oh yes, uh, Rhodes. Roads blocked. <laughs> Another one to mention here, bounce around uh, table for three. They had a new episode, the Hall of Fame Legacy. I hate the titles that they've been doing with these. They don't make any sense. It used to be like, all right, this is table for three, WrestleMania one legends. Well, they told you they it... couldn't have called it table for three. Here's the Impact Wrestling legend, guys. <laughs> like they could have, they could have like uh, table for three. Uh, make an impact. You know, get around it like that. But it's Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, and Sting, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's one instance uh where I thought something was actually kind of interesting, and that's that Flair apparently when he was in a coma, thought that he was doing an angle with the Horseman. Of course he, you know, like that to me. Is the most Ric Flair thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, that would have been more if he would have been like, I, I thought the whole time that I was just like having sex with beautiful women. <laughs> but you know what? I think he would prefer the thought of, I thought I was doing an angle with the horseman because like that is his euphoria and his ultimate peace when he was, you know, in his heyday doing angles with the horseman. That is the most Ric Flair story I've ever heard. What if he just combined it and it was just like, I thought I was fucking the horseman. <laughs> no, I would honestly, I'd expect I had this when I was in a coma. I had this vision that it was just me and the horseman in this hotel room. And we were on top of all these girls. And no, oh, whoa, Rick, <laughs> we're going to we're going to edit that out a little bit. OK, it's kind of like scary, though, to think that he said they was in a coma. I think it was uh, 11 days. And it's like to think that your brain is it's good that like your brain's still active and everything like that. But it's like that's weird to think that your brain has that kind of ability, like that dream sense, so to speak, where you're just you're out of it. And all you're doing is going, I don't know, maybe I'm like, you know, doing a program with uh, my buddies. That That's kind of I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. That's comforting in a way, though. It's comforting, but it's also freaky because then it makes me go like that whole like, am I real? Like that kind of thing. Like, yeah. do I just imagine that I'm talking on a podcast right now? Or is this like I'm going to wake up and it's going to be some post-apocalyptic thing and it's going to be like, oh, my God, I was dreaming the whole time. Like, you know. <laughs> I, I really, I get sad when I see Ric Flair now because He's always just like this rambling old man. He's like your grandpa that rambles and he constantly has to have people around him to kind of rein him in and tell him to shut up. That's where it gets bothersome to me. I I I, I hate to sound like it's like blasphemous, but it's like I would have liked this episode better if it would have would have just been Kurt Angle Instinct. And like Flair dominates conversation. And if you're up for listening to a Flair conversation, then it makes sense to me. But then it just becomes 
Ric Flair talking about like, man, I used to love wrestling Steamboat. And you're like, I heard this before. I don't really want to listen to this anymore. Unfortunately, that is how I feel about 90% of the episodes of Table for Three. There's no new stories. I feel like, like last week with Bischoff, how he goes, really? We have to go here again? Like, isn't there anything else you want to talk about? That's why I love things so much more when it's something like when they were pitching what they would do for WrestleMania. And I think it was Heyman that had said, like, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar in a submission match. That was like, ooh. Yeah, okay, that's Cornette. what he would do? That was Cornette that's, to say that one? That was Cornette, yeah. Yeah, like, that was like, that's what I want to hear more of. I don't want to hear the, man, I used to love wrestling you, Sting. Oh, I used to love wrestling you. Remember how we used to wrestle all the time? Yeah, man, we used to wrestle a lot. I loved it. <laughs> Especially when we used to wrestle. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, there's 20 minutes. And then Kurt Angle going, yeah, 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 ha, 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 yeah, ha, 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 yeah, ha. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, just end it, you know. So skip this. Don't watch this table for three. It's Kurt Angle's like... been such a good soldier since he's been signed. He just does whatever like right down to his hall of fame speech which was literally just hey remember all the funny sketches i did back in WWE? here's those <laughs> never mind the fact that you know i'm a badass hey i i do suck <laughs> like yeah <laughs> give me some milk even his, even his entrances yeah you suck and he's conducting them it's like okay kurt's such a good soldier uh, so I would say skip this. Um, if we're talking about skipping stuff, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but they put out this live with uh, Elias thing with Bourbon Street, uh, but they didn't fucking advertise it all that much. And I thought it was just a table for three. So I didn't get a chance to check that out. But next week, apparently, we're going to be getting uh, the other thing, which is going to be the actual like unplugged Elias special so we'll watch both and review both next yep. week so that d ties somewhat into this i mean it's still lies and still whatever but his album dropped and it's only four songs which i would be pissed if this was back in the day when you would have to buy a cd and it was like 20 bucks for four fucking songs and i didn't listen to all four of them all the way through the fourth but I gotta, one is the best i gotta say i didn't like what i was hearing the the best song on here is the final song on the album. Which one was that? I believe it's... The Ballad for Every Town I've Ever Been In. No, that's the, fir that's the first song. That's funny, too. It, even though that one is more of, like, him just, you know, getting cheap heat in music form. Um, it's called Walk With Me, the last song on the album, and that's the one I enjoyed the most. I don't really like the style all that much to actually, like, sit and listen to it. And I love the gimmick. Like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I love it when Elias goes out there and he's just kind of all like, you know, like, hey, everybody, what are you up to? This town fucking sucks. Like, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, I love that. But just as a pure song, couldn't get into it. It'd be like if, you know, back in 1988, if they're like, here's a full cassette tape with the honky talk man. Right, where here is like the road dog singing a bunch of other songs other than spend my days working, you know. Like, I fucking Bruce Pritchard. Uh, I've listened to enough of those podcasts now that I listen to, I, I think of that 
before I think of the actual song. Yeah, you really do think about the Pritchard podcast. Yeah. But I and I used to love that song growing up, and now I just think about Bruce Pritchard doing an impression of Jeff My Jarrett. Baby did not hide. <laughs> <Do> not hide. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, check it out on Spotify if you want to do the uh, Walk with Elias album. You might like it. I'm not going to say skip it because music is even more of like, Passive you know, uh, you can't really tell people like, oh, you're not going to like that. I mean, I've got a fucking eclectic thing of music. You could put my shit on shuffle and God knows what it's going to be. You know, it, c- it could very easily be Livin' La Vida Loca or uh, Barber's Adagio for Strings. <laughs> like it's just depressing classical music techno and then, fucking and then Ricky Martin yeah you know I've got the fucking Macarena in there I've got uh, I got a top 100 list and you better damn uh, be sure that Never Gonna Give You Up is on that I love 80s music the song's amazing uh, so music is one of those things where it's like you might like it you might hate it you might love it it might be the worst thing you ever heard in your life I suggest checking it out. I didn't really like it all that much. For what it's worth, I would have loved if this was like, you know, four songs, but it's Elias trying to cover Africa. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of hoping for stuff like that. That'd be great. Or like even Elias covers with My Baby Tonight. How fucking great would that be? Especially because Africa is like such an amazing song. Uh, Africa is legendary. That's in my top 100. Yes, it is. (laughs) Never whittled it down to like a top 50 or whatever like that. I should probably do that. And it probably would make that list too. Well, what am I saying? Probably. It would. Yeah. Um, Africa's great. So we got two much bigger stories to talk about here. One of them is a spoiler. So for Uh, a little bit, I'll just keep people to, you know, like hold on if you don't want to hear the spoiler and stuff. But we got to talk about it before it happens. Tommaso Ciampa wins the fucking NXT championship from Aleister Black at the NXT tapings. That's going to air on Wednesday. We're currently recording this Monday night after Raw, like usual. I was shocked. I was very shocked. I My whole thing for the last few months has been, okay, they need to do a triple threat with Black, Ciampa, and Gargano. But the only reason it needs to be a triple threat is so that Black can defend the championship. Now that Ciampa has won the title, I really don't see why they're now going out of their way to include Black in the storyline. Like, if you read the spoilers, they're even talking about Johnny Gargano kind of being a tweener and maybe more on the heel side. And I don't understand that at all. Like Gargano is super mega baby face. I, so, I mean, we, it's hard to tell because like the tapings have happened, but we haven't been able to actually see how they go down and stuff. But from what I can gather and what I would assume that what they're doing here is that they do want to do that triple threat. It seems like it's a guarantee. And maybe that was they already put, in it. That was announced yeah. for Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's like, but I mean, like the in their philosophy, it's like, all right, how do we do this triple threat? I think the way that they went around doing that was they said Alistair Black should be the babyface, 
Ciampa, of course, has to be the heel. And if we put Gargano in there and we make him just as much of a babyface as we've had, it's going to diminish Aleister Black. I disagree completely, and here's why. The man's theme song literally says his whole gimmick is literally predicated on no man is truly good, no man is truly evil. He is the perfect middle ground here. Gargano should be the ultimate smiling, kissing babies, baby face. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm just thinking this is their philosophy, I think, (laughs) is that they think that for this event, they can make it where Gargano is conflicted. And then that way, Tommaso Ciampa retains, uh, Aleister Black takes the pin, and then we don't have to deal with Aleister Black. And then in Los Angeles, in War Games, then we get Gargano Ciampa again. And then in that regard, Ciampa goes back to being a babyface. I think that that's how we're going. Yeah, I I think I got to tell you, I think it's the right idea to just have a major, major gimmick match here and blow it off. But they're not doing that because to me, War Games has to be headlined by War Games. And if it wasn't for the fact that we have a four man faction, I would say do Team Gargano versus Team Ciampa. But, you know, we have the Undisputed Era, so whatever happens in War Games, I think, has to revolve around them. And we got, like, War Raiders, the Street Profits, a bunch of different tag teams like that. But, I don't know. I mean, um, just in general, though, the fact that they did the tapings and Ciampa won, I was surprised about that. It's pretty cool. I mean, he... He's so good right now. He is. I wonder how it's going to be when he gets either called up or is permanently shifted away from Gargano. Because right now, they could easily develop that shield complex where I think Ambrose and Rollins are fantastic when they're paired in any situation, whether it be as teammates or rivals, but separated from each other, I think Ambrose struggles. And I think, to be honest, I think Rollins was struggling for a while as a baby face. And I wonder if it's going to be like that for these two, where they can't really do anything outside of each other. I don't think so. Because look at uh, Gargano with Almas. Even though Ciampa was kind of like a little bit in the mix here and there, they still managed to have that work. And I think that Ciampa has just proven himself to be good enough that if they pair him up with, uh, who we got, like um, Ricochet or Velveteen Dream or EC3 or whatever like that, I think that he's going to figure out some way to make it work. I'm looking at the bright side of things at the very least. I mean, they are two of the most talented men. They remind mm. me a lot of when Zayn and Owens were in yeah. NXT, and they had a really good feud, and they went up to the main roster, and so much of their careers have been, you know, revolved around each other. So we'll see what happens. I hope it never happens, because I am so skeptical of people getting called up. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of scary nowadays. Yeah really skeptical like uh the authors of pain you know what are they doing mm-hmm. <laughs> what are they doing with them 
I'm just going to spend a couple of weeks not doing anything and then go, hey, let's stop fighting Titus Worldwide. Never mind. You know what was awkward about that and a little bit of raw talk for those who might not know what's going on. That promo that Apollo cut was just so weird. Hey, man, he taught me how to be a champion in life. (laughs) And I'm like, uh, I'm waiting for Apollo to go. And you know what he taught me? How to be a loser and then hit him in the face. But no, that didn't happen. He just really put over the fact that Titus O'Neil is a great person. And I, I kind of got vibes about like Hulk Hogan in the mix of it. I was expecting them to say something like, you know, in the face of uh, making mistakes to apologize and to whatever. Like, I thought that they were going to do something like that. Yeah. Me, me, I knew it was like hinting at the Hogan thing, which, by the way, I, I have something on that before we get into uh, the main event topic here. Uh, Hogan tweeted, amidst all these rumors that he was insincere, he's a piece of crap, blah, blah, blah. He tweeted, for life wasn't just a tagline, brother. Hollywood lives. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 you fucking, I loved it. I got to tell you, I laughed so hard because I'm like, you know you're an asshole. They know that they're assholes. That's what's so funny. The 80s wrestlers know that, you know, they're kind of pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> For him to say, it wasn't just a tagline, brother, Hollywood lives. Yes. Please start wearing all black everywhere you go and just be Hollywood Hulk Hogan in real life. Just pretend to play the guitar <laughs> various things, you know. You could be like standing in line buying a gallon of milk and just pretend to play the guitar with it. And just uh yeah, I don't know. So our main topic for this one is our historic main yeah, topic. It is I mean I'm sure you know what it is by now, but uh they announced on Monday Night Raw at the very beginning of the night. They had all the people on the stage, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Vince McMahon in the ring. They go on a whole spiel about, you know, we've made all this progress and the women's revolution has became an evolution. The same whoa, old shit that whoa, you've heard whoa, whoa, whoa. a million Hold times. Hold on, no. No, you have to paint this picture exactly as we saw it. We fade in... T- Straight to Raw because... <laughs> the reason he's doing this is because he's really upset about this. But I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. Because they don't actually have any intro music because nobody cares about intro music anymore, I guess. The entire roster is on the stage. And Michael Cole says, ladies and gentlemen, Vince McMahon is in the ring with Stephanie and the COO Triple H. All right. So I'm thinking, well, this might be a really... Game-changing announcement. Maybe they're unifying the brands. And Hunter doesn't start talking directly about the women's revolution. He starts just commending the wrestlers. It was a very strange thing. Because usually when you see Stephanie and Hunter on Raw, they're, you know, the bad guys. 
I never want to see that again after this, but by the way. Them as the guys? No, them as, yeah, them as the bad guys. I never want to see that again because it doesn't make sense after tonight. Because Hunter goes, we're so proud of every man and woman in this locker room. The bond that superstars have when they put each other's lives in their hands. It's so amazing. And we've never seen a better talent roster than the one we have right now. And I'm thinking, okay. Is maybe they're going to announce that, you know, after all these years, Vince is retiring or something because they're really hyping it up. And then they go with that in mind. May all the women step forward. And I just went, OK, they got me. Fuck. I thought it was going to be an actual like game changing company changing announcement. And Hunter says, we're so proud of all of you all of the history that you've made and some of us have even watched with a tear in our eye and he's legitimately choking up as he's saying this mm-hmm. and he hands it off to his wife who's already really choked up by the time she starts talking and I'll let you take it from here Tony well thankfully she didn't say Monday Night Raw no Vince <laughs> said that actually Vince was that's, um... that's the one thing Vince said Vince didn't say anything else other than welcome to Monday Night Vince is not looking that good to me right Vince now. Vince is not looking great. And it like it's sad. Like I'm the past couple times that we've seen him, he's had this very like flushed look to him. No, I mean the man doesn't sleep. And he is what, in his seventies? I mean, a lot of people say it and I'll echo the statement, like if I could look that good when I'm that old, then that'd be amazing. But it's still just kinda like a couple years ago, he didn't look like this. You know, like the, in the past like five years, it seems like he's aged ten. Yeah, he doesn't look like Vince. He looks very tired. Yeah. So I hope that that's not a sign of something like struggling with something or anything. Just a random aside. But um, Stephanie announces, you know, she brings the women up for up forward, and she says that for the first time ever, they're going to have an all women's. WWE pay-per-view event. It's coming October 28th and it's going to feature the NXT championship. They didn't say specify the NXT UK title, but I'm almost hundred percent positive that they will use that. The raw women's championship, the SmackDown women's championship and the finals of the Mae Young classic. By the way, Stephanie didn't say this. Michael Cole said this after Stephanie went on and on for five minutes about and yeah, he specified afterward. He was like, by the way, it's going to have these matches. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Because Stephanie was crying, as she said. And it all happened because of the people. Because you started a revolution with the hashtag and the give divas a chance. And divas became the superstars that they were born to be. And God, it's so great. And women's wrestling, we invented it. And listen, I was very torn because I love women's wrestling and I immediately started fantasy booking what I want this card to be. But I'm so over this idea that they have to act like they're making history. If you wanted to do this and have me cheering for you, you should have done it the minute the, the Monday Night Raw after the Greatest Royal Rumble, this should have been announced. 
See, I don't. Well, all right. Uh, one thing I have, I'll, I'll touch back on this kind of thing, but what bugs me about it is the name. Why? It's the same shit we keep hearing. It's revolution turns into an evolution. It's an evolution. It's an evolution. Evolution, 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 evolution. We're going to have a pay-per-view and it's going to be called evolution. I get it. You want it's the a, fucking it's a name mystery. evolution. Tony, it's a mystery. Full of change that no one sees. They love this. They Clearly, this is the word that they stuck to. And I, I recently listened to, I mean, we just keep bringing up Pritchard here, but I listened to Pritchard's podcast about why, uh, like the creation of Monday Night Raw and that they had repeatedly referred to it behind the scenes as like gritty and dirty and raw. And eventually they were like, oh, we don't have a name for it. And then they said, well, we keep calling it raw. How about we call it raw? I feel like that's what happened here, that they kept saying this evolution of women's stuff, this evolution. And then eventually somebody just said, why don't we call it evolution and whatever? And I was like, earlier in the day, I wrote up a post, Free Wrestling News, and it was like five potential things that they might be announcing tonight. And I specifically mentioned, I was like, maybe they do a pay-per-view, maybe they do a brand itself. But if they do, I hope it's not something derivative and bland like revolution. And it was just like, yep, yeah, there you go. It's evolution. It's just like they can't think of anything else. They're stuck on this, and I hate that. No, well, I love the idea that they're doing this, but I hate – and I know people are going to be like, oh, my God, you're so sexist. This isn't a sexist thing that I'm trying to say here. I hate when people fixate on things like this because it's very circle jerkish. Yeah. And it's the type of thing that it's like the more that you bring up about it, that it be is being special, the more that you point out that it's different and it's not accepted yet. Like, if you just did, I mean, I know that they can't do it. This is where it's a double-edged sword. They can't just go, hey, everybody, we got a new pay-per-view coming up. It's WWE Evolution. It's going to be an all-women's show. All right, our first thing of the night. And then because the people will be like, why aren't they making a big deal about it? I, d- I, I disagree I get completely. that it's a big deal. Like, it should be a big deal. It is a big deal, but why can't they do it like that? Why can't it just be, hey, so this is what we're doing? Because, like you said, the more bells and whistles you put on these announcements, the more you're saying, look at us, we're breaking down barriers. And and here's – this is probably going to come out sexist as well – but if you know anything about me, you know I think Sasha Banks is the best wrestler they have, period. Sasha Banks is good enough to headline Mania. She, they don't need an all-women's show to put over how good their women's roster is. They just need to put them in the right positions on the actual main shows. You don't need to bring in 50 women for this. You do, but because that is something that you know all pay per views do this, Tony. You know, when they announce payback, they announce that forty men will be competing at payback, right? <laughs> well, I, th- I don't see what the problem is about the fifty women well, thing. Because it's it's ridiculous. They're letting you know that they're probably going to bring in people that you won't see again. You know, it's like you said, it's circle jerking the fact that it's women's wrestling. They're probably going to, you know, bring in a few indie names. I I don't even know how you could... And by the way, saying 50 women is wrong because now you're obligated to have a bunch of... Here's an eight-man tag or an eight-woman tag. Here's a, 
you know, instead of just doing the best card possible, which, by the way, you can have a great card here. You can do so many things. You can do uh, Trish versus Leto for the last time. If that doesn't happen on this show, by the way, they're doing it wrong. Trish versus Lita? Trish versus Lita, one final time. I don't know if they can necessarily... Well, they, they both wrestled at the Royal Rumble. They're, they're doing Hunter versus Triple uh, versus Undertaker about three weeks prior. No, but I mean just like the physical thing. Like oh, no, but they, they wrestled that the Royal Rumble. That's what I was like. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, But it's like, because this is... We're going to bounce around a lot, obviously, when it comes to this. Like, actually, let's try to address things one by one. Um... I mentioned before, I hate the name. What do you think about the name? It is what it is. I mean, it's... They're really trying to get over the fact that it is an evolution. The problem is, you know this is going to be an annual event. And after one one of them, it can't be an evolution anymore. I don't know. I don't think it might be uh, an annual event. Oh, come on. Because it's different from, like... I mean, we are getting the second May Young Classic, but we also got the second United Kingdom Championship Tournament. And there's a, like, I think it depends on what happens with this Super Showdown and the uh, Saudi Arabia shows. More than anything. Well, the weird thing is, again, the women are allowed to wrestle at Super Showdown. You know the only reason they're doing it in October, right? But oh, that's uh, the breast cancer awareness yeah. thing, right? Yeah, because... Well, that plus they also had that whole thing with Clash of Champions and TLC. Yeah, but they already moved. You could have easily just done Super Showdown and said, there's your pay-per-view for October. Let's go get ready for Survivor Series. No, I mean, like, if they were going to add Evolution onto the calendar for the year, that's the only time of the year they really could have thrown it in there. October is going to be really weird because... It's going to be two major shows that are kind of separate from every other pay-per-view that we see. You know? Well, we got... What comes before that? That's, uh... It's, uh... Hell in a Cell? Hell in a Cell, which will then lead to Super Showdown, which will then have Evolution. Evolution, and then it'll have uh, Takeover, Survivor Series, TLC. So, I mean, that's like we got rid of the Clash of Champions thing, which I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Kept TLC, fucking hate that, but they seem to be stuck on that one. The placement, I don't mind the placement. Uh, it's kind of weird that it's October 28th because it's like oh, it's Halloween, like you know, whatever. But fine, I don't care. Um, the name is just kind of like one of those things. It just kind of bugs me. They could have been worse. could have been better, I think. I don't have any suggestions of what else they could have gone with. So I can't just be like, why didn't they go with this or that or whatever? Well, because the that... potential card lineup for this, they've got the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, the NXT Women's Championship, potentially the NXT UK Women's Championship. Makes perfect sense. Like And, and the Mayo no Classic with that. Finals. Well, that's... I was going to talk about that next but <laughs> the four championships thumbs up right sure the may young classic finals to me this makes me go ah oh, shit well they're taping it august 8th and 9th 
So that means they're going to do what they did before, where they're going to run it like an episode a week or something, probably. No, they'll probably release like four at a time like they did last year. But if they do that, it's going to be too much of a stretch. Like, that's a whole, like, you go all of August, for the most part, all of September and all of October to get to that. That's a lot of time. If you do like four at a time and then you wait like a couple weeks, then four at a time, it's going to be tough to do that. So I'm kind of hoping that maybe they go with like, all right, every week on, say, Wednesday afternoon, we're going to put up, you know, one episode of that. I hope that that's what they do. We'll still know, you know, the taping wise, we'll still know who's like, going in that kind of capacity like you know like what went down and stuff like that but that i thought that was kind of interesting now that changed a couple plans as far as the podcast goes because i was like you know what maybe if they do uh, the taping stuff and then they end up that week releasing it or something well no i'm not gonna do that until october i like the idea though that the may young classic finals are at this pay-per-view by the way it's in the nassau coliseum in long island if anyone wants to actually go to this thing yeah, I think that, like, Friday is when tickets go on sale or something. I don't know. I didn't pay attention because it's not me. So <laughs> I'm not, um, not going to buy any tickets for it. Well, let me ask you a question. The main event, are we doing the Mount Rushmore of women? Yeah. Okay. I have fantasy booked a bunch on this card already. Like I said, I would love to see... Trish versus Alito one final time. I think that we could still end up potentially getting a women's tag team championship, but we're getting the Bell Twins in a tag match on this show. If we don't, it's wrong. You Depends know, on if they can actually wrestle, though. They were also at the Royal Rumble, weren't they? They were, but who's to say that they're not like banged up or something? You know, logically speaking, if they if they can go. Then, like, Trish and Lita make sense, and Bell Twins make sense, and, you know, they're going to bring in some people, they're going to do that. The downside to this kind of thing, bringing in a lot, a lot of people when it comes to that, kind of makes it to where next year with the Royal Rumble, how many more people are you going to bring in that's going to seem all that special if they keep showing up all the time? Well, this is me 100% pure being a fanboy here. This is the perfect shot for AJ Lee to do something. Not a chance. I did let me have this, please. <laughs> she, she deserves it. I was also thinking, I wasn't just thinking AJ. Sable also deserves to be here. I don't we, think she has much of a chance either. But when we talk about the allure of, you know, women that were super over, Sable's at the top of that list. And, you know, AJ kickstarted a lot of things as well. I hope Alundra Blaze decides to wrestle. Bull Nakano, by the way, can still go. Just saying. If they wanted to do that match and get your Legends kick, I'd be cool with that. There's so many cool things you can do. I definitely think that Bailey will fight Sasha. If not... Then maybe it can be Bailey and Sasha versus Trish and Lita. That'd be pretty cool. Um, 
I think Becky should fight Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What do you think about that? Mm, I don't know. It depends on so many other factors. Depends on who's... I mean, we're assuming that Becky Lynch fights Carmella at SummerSlam. I'm assuming she beats Carmella at SummerSlam. I'm assuming Ronda Rousey beats Alexa Bliss. Then it's kind of like you got to start booking the other shows and then backtrack, I think. That's tough. I don't know. Um, there, there are so many people that can have good spots on this show. Ronda Rousey is obviously going to be a major player. Who do you put her against? I was actually thinking, don't have her in one of the title matches. One of the layouts I had in my head already for this show was one half of the women's four horsewomen, Bailey and Sasha, can wrestle for the Raw Women's Championship. The other half can wrestle for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then Ronda, and this might be killed because of the way they booked her, but Ronda can have the dream match with Asuka. Maybe because they haven't, I mean, they haven't specified a lot of things yet. They haven't specified that this is going to be like that. They all allow raw and SmackDown women to fight each other. Or if it's going to be like a bunch of raw matches, a bunch of SmackDown matches, a bunch, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. We don't know if we're going to get like some battle Royal on the card. I think you're definitely getting a battle Royal and a, and a multi-person tag because you have 50 oh, women it's, anna- it's announced a, on the card. <laughs> it's a 100% guarantee we're getting multi-person tags. Like, Guaranteed. What's, what's Lana really going to do? Right. You know? What's Dana Brooke going to do? She's not getting a fucking singles match. God damn it. It's just not going to happen. Like, let's be honest. They don't fucking care about Dana Brooke. Uh, you know, and then you got to think Kelly Kelly's coming back for this. I would assume so, yeah. Um... Again, I'll say it again. If you do not have Trish and Lita in the same match, you're just you're just doing it wrong, guys. You're just doing well, it wrong. Here's my worry about the card. We don't know who's going to be healthy. We don't know who's coming back, all that other kind of stuff. We don't even know if it's going to be like four hours long or three hours long or whatever. What I don't want to see is Trish and Lita come back and they have a segment with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville and they go, hey, we're like the new Trish and Lita, and we could beat you up. And then they go, hey, well, why don't we fight each other at that? And then it shows you because it's like, well, Mandy Rose kind of looks a little bit like Trish, and it's kind of the two of them, and these two friends against these two friends. And then we also have the Bella Twins come back, and they go, and they get paired up with the Iconics because, hey, you're a duo, and we're a duo, and whatever. And then we have the Riot Squad are all together and they bump into these three random women that are like Michelle McCool and Kelly Kelly and Candace Michelle. And it's like, and they, I don't want to see that shit happen. All right. I'll I'll agree with you there. I did think about the Bell Twins versus the Iconics, but then I thought of a better one. Let's put Lay Cool against the Iconics. You know? Hmm. None of the matches, by the way, none of the matches that I can ever think of when it comes to this really have me all that interested. And that's some from saying from somebody who likes the idea of this card, like put the possibility of them doing this event. I like that they're going ahead with it, but I just kind of don't care about the specifics yet. Like they're going to have to do a lot to convince me that it's going to be a great show. Um, I actually kind of fall on the other end of the spectrum. I think I can forgive whatever the undercard is. As long as the key players are 
properly in place. So, you know, Bailey and Sasha doing something where they're either in the ring together or wrestling Trish and Lita. Same thing with Trish and Lita. They're either wrestling each other or wrestling Bailey and Sasha. Or, uh, you know, you could always just do the eight woman tag with the four horse women and the four horse women. That is a possibility. Uh, Rhonda, by the way, on the website, the main picture they have for this is the Evolution logo. And I'll let you guess the three women that are on the cover for this. Rhonda, Charlotte, and Alexa. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Um, so, you know, Rhonda, I think, should definitely be featured. Unfortunately, there isn't a woman right now that is built up to have an ultimate clash with her, except for Charlotte. And we still need a match for WrestleMania, guys, because even though they want this to be the WrestleMania for women, the women still need to have WrestleMania. So, you know, we still got to book carefully here. That, that And that, to me, is just where I sour on everything. Because they're so good. And, like, yeah, I get that that's the whole point of the show. But to really show how good they are, just keep giving them bigger spots on WrestleMania. They don't need an all-women's show in 2018. They might have needed that, hey, in 2015, 2016, this could have been a great coming-out party. But in 2018, we've established that the women are just as good, if not better, than a lot, a lot of the men on the roster. You know, Sasha Banks, as I've said, can headline WrestleMania with Charlotte, and I'll be perfectly fine with it. But doing this show means you got to try to build the women up to look special here, and then they have to do something special for the women's rumble and they gotta still do something special for mania you know what i mean it's that's a lot of pressure on them it is and they pull it off though but i uh, i mean we, we're talking in circles in some ways because i'm going to go back to something that we've already touched upon but that's why i kind of don't like how every announcement is the biggest ever in wwe as opposed to just a big announcement. Hey, it's always, this is the thing that sets the benchmark and nothing that we've done in the past can compare because we're always making progress in the future and this is, you know, uh, the top of the top. I understand that they are a marketing kind of mentality where you never want to admit that it's like, this is a big deal, but you've seen it before. You never want to tell people that. And this is something that hasn't been done before. They haven't done an all-women's pay-per-view. Didn't TNA do it, though? They haven't, but there are literally two promotions that are predicated on literally all-women's pay-per-views. There's, you know, TNA's been doing this for years. TNA's even had a women's tag team championship 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to say, you know, boo WWE, but... Just acknowledge the fact that you're the last to the dance, even if you're the biggest platform. Just stop trying to make it sound like you're the greatest thing that's ever happened. You're you're the last to the dance, and even though it's great that you finally got there, 
it makes every historic announcement much less than. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like where I'm going a little bit with that. Like it just it it just bugs me it, not in a philosophical way. It doesn't bug me. Like I I I mean I mentioned before, it does not bother me in the slightest bit that they're doing a women's pay-per-view. I think that it's a good idea, especially in the response of going to Saudi Arabia and then being like no women, which is just fucking stupid. But it the the circle jerk mentality bothers me. And yeah, I mean, we when even... I'm watching Monday Night Raw tonight, I mean, there's been like 19 segments or something of pe- people going like, that's great, that's great, that's great. And after a while, I have this kind of thing where I don't do it as much as some people do, and I do it more than other people. When somebody tells me that something is great, if I don't know what they're like, what they like and what they dislike to be able to judge based off of that, if I don't know, I just assume maybe it's okay. If I think that they've got a bad taste of things, you know, if somebody's like, hey, that movie's really great, you should go see it. And I know that their favorite movie is something like Pootie Tang or whatever like that. I'm going to be like, all right, (laughs) clearly they're not suggesting to me a fucking Oscar pick. If somebody is very like pretentious, you know, I knew this dude before who I couldn't fucking stand having conversations with him because he would always ask me, he'd go, you see any good movies lately? And I'd be like, yeah, I saw like this and that, whatever. And he'd be like, oh, I didn't see any of those. You know, there hasn't been a good movie made since Peter Sellers was around. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> and I was always just like, God damn it, dude. Like, I don't want to have this fucking conversation again. You know, the whole nothing can be great unless it's from the past and whatever. If people tend to tell me, multiple people tend to tell me that something is the best thing ever, I start to question it. And WWE, when they do things like this, the more that they talk about how great something is, the more suspicious I get behind it. And when they start touting themselves with this kind of thing where it's like Seth Rollins is backstage and he's all just like, yeah, it's great that we announce this. And Finn Balor's like, yeah, it's great that we announce this. I like that they're showing support for it because there are people that will be susceptible to that. And they'll be like, the more I hear it, the more that I understand that it is great no, and no, I'm, no. I'm not going to be against the women's thing. Because we do get people that are like, oh, all women's card, this is going to suck because the women can't wrestle. Well, but yeah, but those people, those like you're not going to change those people. Yeah, it, you're you're going to change a very small percentage of those people and most of them are going to go, well, I'm watching that shit. So that's why that gets frustrating because you're targeting those people. Meanwhile, somebody like myself... I my first reaction is I go uh, I hate the name now I'm gonna have to do all this stuff with like the templates of the websites and stuff like that but I go all right let me add that into my list of things that I need to do for the year yeah I'm just... gonna watch the fucking pay per view I'm gonna review it we're gonna do predictions ahead of time it's the same as any other pay per view for me and I don't have that personal connection of feeling that like women empowerment thing because I'm not a woman so I can't speak on that behalf but. If I have to hear every single week for the next three months about how amazing this is, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. But that's the same. That's the same. I'm going to say it before anybody says it. That's the same as anything. If it were to be we're doing a pay-per-view and it's going to revolve around, I don't know, uh, Asian... (laughs) Roman versus Lesnar? Oh, we're talking just just race, okay? Well, race or, uh, you know, if it was like we're going to do it and it's all going to be based off of people who 
they're uh, they have a gluten deficiency. Like I, I don't fucking know. And you repeat something over and over and over and over again. I'm by the time it comes around, I'm gonna be like, can we just fucking end this and move on? Like, can we just have Survivor Series happen already? Well, like that kind of thing. You know what? And I'll give you a great thing. I love the charity work that they do. I I do. I love. Tribute to the Troops used to be a fun show to watch. And even the stuff with Coleman and Connor's Cure. Love it. Would love to donate and all that. But when every single show has about four breaks in October where we go, Dodie is partnered up with the Susan G. Coleman for the Cure Foundation. You're just like, all right, we get it. You're great. You you do great charity work. You know, please stop. Because... <laughs> Because the people you think, and they did a lot on this show with the, you know, you come back from commercial after announcing the women's pay-per-view. And Curtis Axel says to Bo Dallas, oh my god, a women's pay-per-view. I was like, okay, they just announced it, I can forgive that. And then when fucking Finn Balor is just talking to Chad Gable and he's like, oh my god, a women's pay-per-view? It's like, come on, guys. Come on. You you know that it's just not like that. And it's and it's fine that they're doing this. It's great. Trust me, um, we already know one person who's like, yeah, fuck yeah, women's wrestling. But here's the thing. I feel like that when they put on good matches with compelling stories. I don't need the pay-per-view to be active to feel great about women's wrestling. I just think they should be treated like wrestling in general. That's the whole reason you took them away from being divas and made them superstars because it's an equality thing, not because you want to make them the more important superstars because they're the special ones. No, you want to make them inclusive. Well, I, I, I guess kind of what, one of the things I want to, cause I'm, I'm more for this than you are. Uh, if there's one thing that you could change about it that bugs you the most, what is it? Whether it's the promotion ahead of time or it's the, you know, whatever. It's the circle jerk mentality. And don't get me wrong, I am, like, I I had immediately mixed emotions because I went, ugh, they're doing it again where they're acting like they're the saviors of women's wrestling. And then I went, this could be so awesome. I'm fantasy booking this card. So for me, I just want to stop the circle jerk mentality of look at how great we are. We're so great. If they if they can cut that out, I'm all for this show. If we don't hear almost anything about this other than a quick mention once in a while, like if they just kind of go like, say for instance, when um, they do the kind of thing where they go, hey, if you sign up for the network, you can get your first month for free. And if you do that right now, then you'll be able to get the Super Showdown and Evolution at the beginning of October. Cool. Exactly how you should go. If every week for the next bunch of weeks, we see Sasha Banks cut promos where she's crying and saying, you know, I can't believe that we're doing this and we whatever like that. I'm going to be like mute. I'm fucking tired of it. Because I hate when people do that with anything. I hated it when Wonder Woman came out and everybody talked about it being the best yep. comic book movie of all time. Yep. I hate it when 
And that sounds like it's being like a sexist thing, but it's not about the women thing. It's about anything. When Black Panther came out, I love Black Panther. It's one of my favorite MCU movies. But at the same time, everybody was talking about how it's the first black superhero film. And I was like, you had like all these other black superhero movies ahead of time and they don't count? Like Blade doesn't count? I mean, I can understand not counting fucking Meteor Man. But, like, Blade came out before fucking X-Men. Let's give it a little bit of credit here. I don't even fucking like Blade. But, like, everybody wants to be the one that makes that step. And that bugs me. So when they announce something like this, I have happiness for it. And I'm excited to see what they do. And I am more interested in this card potential than I would be if they said that they were going to do something like... I don't care for uh, here's a good example. I don't give a shit about the UK division at all. And people have been going nuts about the UK division about like, well, this is so like progressive that we're adding the UK. I fucking hate it. I think that you should take a couple of these people that are in the UK division. If they're good enough, put them on the main roster and that's the end of it. Put them in the NXT roster, just whatever. I don't want the United Kingdom division and the Asian division and the Mexican division and the Canadian division and the I don't want all that kind of crap just like I don't want a women's brand I don't want 205 live to be necessarily by itself and not getting any attention I don't want I don't want to yeah 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 I'm <laughs> going around in circles here my issue here is very similar to the circle jerk kind of thing I don't want to hear about this nonstop until November. But if we just do it, I want it to be fucking great. I want the matches to be worth watching. And I don't want to hear any kind of bullshit about how amazing it's going to be to see a 19 women teaming up against each other tag team match. Because if you like that, then that can point you to a whole lot of WrestleManias yeah. where you can get your fill. I want this to be as good as it could possibly be, and I don't have faith in WWE doing it. That's Absolutely. my issue. I, I will co-sign that. Because... More than anything, that's my issue. I feel like they are going to tout themselves as doing that for months. And then when it push comes to shove and we're getting that build to that card, we're going to get Trish and Lita versus the Iconics or the Bella twins versus the Iconics and whatever. And they're going to act like that's, you know, Shawn Michaels versus the rock or sting versus undertaker or Hulk Hogan versus John Cena in their primes or, but you know, and it's not going to be that type of thing. It could be great. And I'm really looking forward to the potential behind it. But if it doesn't work out, go back to this time frame and just hear me out. I want to be wrong in my assessment that I think it is going to be kind of bland and people are going to go nuts over it. Well, do you Even like if it sucks, I think people are going to be like, well, this was such a great pay-per-view just because it's an all women's pay-per-view. And I don't want that. Well, do you feel like me where it's as long as the top six key players are doing good things, you don't care what the undercard is? Depends on how long it is. I think if we've got like a, you know, if we got like a three and a half hour pay-per-view and we've got two and a half hours worth of it is like 
really rock solid and everything. You could have an hour worth of like, meh. But if like the selling points are, hey, we're going to do another Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey match. I don't care if we're going to do Alexa and Mickey and Alicia and Dana versus Sasha and Bailey and Ember and whatever. I don't fucking care. That's Monday Night Raw match. You know, like that kind of thing. I guess basically I can boil my opinion down to, I don't really like the name. I think it's a little bit derivative. I am worried that the promotional stuff is going to get bothersome. I am worried that WWE isn't going to book the type of card that I want to see. But at the same time, I'm very happy that they're doing it. I'm extremely happy that this isn't an announcement of women's tag titles. Or even worse, the philosophy of the women's intercontinental and removing the SmackDown title and all that other kind of bullshit. I'm very, very happy that the women are getting something in response to the Saudi Arabia bullshit. Actually, I'm going to stop you right there. Triple H has already come out and said this is not in response to. Oh, it is. Well, but they're not even going to let themselves have that one. And that's stupid. They should have. They should say that that's the case. But it's like they're probably not saying that because they don't want Saudi Arabia to be pissed. But you know, it is. And that that's yeah. the kind of stuff that bothers me, too, because it's like that's the the side of the promotional stuff that bugs me. Why not admit it? Why not say, hey, earlier this year, the women weren't able to perform on one of our cards and we decided that we should showcase them. You don't have to say we're doing a press release and talking about how Saudi Arabia is ass backwards. You can say it in a nicer way. And just acknowledge it because when that happened, everybody was criticizing WWE and they were saying, you can't say that you are a part of the women's revolution and all this and women's empowerment if you don't support them. Well, now it's time for them to go, yep, see? Well, I am very much for this show. I, I was not for how they announced it. I was, I'm not for all of the hype in the theatrics because I know that the women don't need all of that fluff anymore. You know what I mean? We're not in 2015. We didn't just get rid of the term diva. We're good. We're in a good place. I'm glad that they're doing this show. I think that this can easily be one of the best shows and one of the worst. It all depends on what they book and how they build to it. But one thing I've been thinking about as you were talking, I saw it at the Royal Rumble. I don't want Stephanie on commentary. Oh, no. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'll take her in the ring. I'll take her in the ring versus Ronda. I'll take her in the ring versus AJ. I'm going to say it. You could go ahead and shit on it. I'll take her in the ring versus Nikki Bella. Do not put her on commentary. Please. <laughs> that was so bad. Even though, assuming it's an all-women's commentary team, the team of her and Renee Young and Beth Phoenix might not be too bad. Actually, yeah, they didn't specify that. Or they're going to... Like, would that be the type of thing where oh, they have all-women for that? You know it's an all-women's commentary and all-women's backstage. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, they, they've had what? They've had Beth. They've had Lita. Beth's done it. Lita's done it. Renee has done it. Renee's done it for a little bit. They've got enough backstage interviewers that if Renee were to do 
They got Kathy. That kind of stuff. Charlie, they got Kathy, Dasha. Charlie, Dasha, uh, Sarah, and uh, Kayla. They got Kayla, ba- Kayla Braxton. So they have a good staff. And hopefully those numbers factor into the 50 women that will be featured, by the way. Um, they have a good staff of people to do this. They have the passion is there. Just be careful because, you know, your fan base, especially in New York City or Long Island, I guess in this case, will be very quick to call you out for putting on bullshit. Like, if you try. Another thing I'm worried about. If you try to put on the, let's say it's, hey, remember these girls? And it's Kelly Kelly, Jillian, um, Melina, Melina, Melina. Oh, God, they got to do, they have to do Melina versus Alicia Fox with, uh, what was her name? Cameron as the referee. They they have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You can't crap on a classic match like that. Uh, that would be so much fun if see like stuff like that might make some eyes roll but to me that would show good a good gesture like hey we get it you know have some fun with it it's an awesome show as long as your main events are rock solid and you you're smart enough to showcase the four horsewomen that brought you to this point have some fun with it I'm worried about it being in New York because I don't want the crowd to crap all over it. Like the worst thing that can happen for this card. And remember, keep in mind, we're sounding very negative on this. I don't want to come off negative. Uh, It's kind of impossible because we keep crapping on things, but it's like, I don't want this to sound like it's like we're not supportive of it. Back to the, to the idea that I love women's wrestling, but yeah, yeah. it's like, I, I think the, the thing is here, it might be getting lost in translation is, you probably have the same philosophy I do. I want this to be great. I'm just concerned. Yeah. That kind of thing. And when it comes to like the Nassau Coliseum, I'm very concerned that they are going to have a crowd that is going to be chanting for Randy Savage and stuff in this. And then they're going to bring out a beach ball during the Kelly Kelly match. And then uh-huh. that'll unload the Twitter comments of you're so disrespectful to women's wrestling. And even though you and laugh when like- they do it to Roman. That's yeah, and it's like that that opens up a whole new can of worms, and I'm worried that if this card isn't booked well, that it's going to reflect poorly on the women themselves, and I don't want them to look like they've had a shitty event, and it would be like, well, there it goes to show you the women can't have an event without it being shit, because we have seen so many different cards over the years that haven't had more than like one women's match. And you never know what you're getting with WWE. You can get an amazing card that ends up being shit you can get a shit card that ends up being amazing you can get something that looks mediocre and it is mediocre you never know what you're getting so until we know what the card is we can't really talk about like the actual specifics behind it all we know right now it's called evolution it's in october nassau coliseum it's going to feature the championships i think it's a really good idea that the may young classic finals are here but it makes me kind of curious about the may young classic now Maybe that's going to be a little bit bothersome where they're going to drag that out or something. I don't know. And then I guess it's kind of like the cynical part of me is just spinning wheels going, there's a lot of ways that this could turn out to be shitty. And I'm just worried about it. But I do really like it. And I'm very happy that they went with this announcement instead of the other ones. So I give it two thumbs up. 
just they might be a little shaky thumbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm I'm with you right there. I think booked properly with the right card. And by the right card, I really just mean, you know, Charlotte's in a good spot. Becky's in a good spot. Trish and Lita are in the ring, and Sasha and Bailey are fighting each other. They've continued to build Asuka back up, which they haven't done yet necessarily. They've got some legends returning in a fun spot. Like, it should be kind of easy to do. But you it's know? so easy. That's the but thing. But it's so easy it's to like screw walking, up. It's walking a tightrope here. It's so easy to have this go amazing, and it's so easy to go, oh, they could have done so much more. Mm. And I will be rooting for it all the way from now until October 28th. And let's see what happens. Yeah, I just, I, I'm hoping for the best. And we'll see. I want it to be great. And I do like that they're doing it. So for anybody that's going to leave a comment below saying you're shitting all over the women's thing, no, that's not the case. We're not trying to. It's just a matter of, uh, they said that the Brawl for All was going to be great. They said that Tough Enough was going to be great. They said that, and it's like you start thinking of a lot of things that they said are going to be great. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that in order to relate to the women's first pay-per-view, you, you went with the Brawl for All. I think there's Just a, a slight... Anytime that they try something a little different and they, they advertise it as being something that you're you're you should really really get behind because they do that with everything so it doesn't mean anything to me anymore well i'll give you the best example i can the women's royal rumble a lot of that match was just the women laying out so that naomi can have a spotlight real quick here and oh here's a spotlight for tamina and i don't want it to be that like blatant Hey, we're all making history together feeling like let's go out there and create something fucking awesome because we can. That's the vibe I want from this show. Mm-hmm. I, I want to leave this going. Wow. Nobody can complain anymore about women's wrestling instead exactly. of going. Oh, God, they just give them so much ammo to complain about women's wrestling. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. So We'll see. You know, we got a little bit of time. And October 28th, when it comes around, I mean, beforehand, we'll do our predictions. We'll do our post-show. Same as any other pay-per-view. It's the same as any other pay-per-view in my mind. It the is. only thing is that it's going to be all women's. So give it a shot. Why not? And maybe we'll, you know, let all, let Jordan and Gabby do the predictions. <laughs> they, they're always willing. Uh, if I ever want to do any of the predictions for anything, I'm always willing to have them in there. Yeah. But like, I also, I'm going to put an edict out there right now for this. Over the course of the next couple months, if anybody just leaves comments just saying like, oh, typical WWE, they're, you know, like uh, doing this women's thing and I can't stand it and I'm not going to give it a shot and whatever like that. It's not going to go over all that well. Like, don't be closed minded enough to be like anti this, you know. Enjoy it and appreciate the fact that you're in an era where. Women's wrestling doesn't mean women's wrestling. By God, they're going to wrestle in chocolate pudding, King. Oh, JR, I love puppies. Oh, 
You know, like that that is what we grew up on. Think about that for a second. You know, it is cool that we've gotten this far. Mm-hmm. So it's commendable. I'm happy for them. I like it. I'm just a little concerned. Same as I was when they announced the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Same as I was when they announced that they were going to do the brand split. Same as I was when they said they were going to stop doing the brand split with the co-branded pay-per-views. Everything that they do like this, I have the same reaction to all of it. I go either like that's a bad idea or that's a good idea. Then I go, but (laughs) that's the but. So I want to know what everybody else has to say about this. I want to know matches that you're thinking of that you'd love to see. I want to know what you like or dislike about the title, the time framing, what are you actually the most anticipating? Anything like that. But if you're going to say something along the lines of like, all the women don't know how to wrestle and fuck them and they should all just be fired. I'm going to delete the comments. It's just not going to serve any purpose, you know, So keep that in mind, everybody. And also tell us what you think about all the other things we were talking about on the hot tags here. The uh, women that are announced for the May Young Classic, the ones that are rumored, for the May Young Classic, the Performance Center recruits. If you have any information about them, you want to fill us in on Hulk Hogan go ahead and do that. saying that he's a real life Hollywood <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> What's your favorite Walk with Elias song? What do you think of the table for three? You know, anything you guys want to chime in on, go ahead and do that. What um, would your coma dream be? Yeah, God knows what mine would be. I'd probably be like stuck with uh, me walking around doing nothing. That's like all my dreams are and stuff. Um, also, go back and check out the Sexiest WWE Superstars Tournament. I know that people have been getting used to the fact that we were doing that after the hot tags, but we already did it this week because we're on the finals. And if you don't know what the finals are, Randy Orton versus Fandango and Mandy Rose versus Alexa Bliss. Vote Dango. <laughs> Vote Dango. That's his new name. He was Johnny Curtis, and he's Fandango. Now he's Vote Dango. Uh Next thing that you guys are going to be hearing from us is going to be the main event. We mentioned this earlier uh, in the podcast. It's going to be Mount Rushmore of the four women that will represent women's wrestling. So we're going to have more women's wrestling talk here. And that's going to be all positive stuff for the most part. So anybody that thinks that we're crapping all over this, we're not. We're not trying to at the very least. That's going to be coming up Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, whenever I'm getting around to posting that and stuff like that. So if you want to be aware of when these things go up, the best things that you can do, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartCatMoment. You can subscribe to the RSS feed, follow the email, all the other kind of stuff like that. You could also subscribe to the YouTube channel and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're on YouTube, you might as well hit us with a like and favorite and share and all the other kind of things like that. Pass us around. If you want to show your support for a SmartCat moment and try to, you know, bring up some new things in the future, and you got a little bit of spare change to pass our way, you can hit up the Patreon account. For this, or for fanboysanonymous.com, it still goes to me. It's the same thing. Uh, you can buy a t-shirt, T-Public and Redbubble, or just, you know, PayPal. <laughs> There's a PayPal thing. And anything else you want to do with that, uh, also with the fanboy stuff, check that out, fanboysanonymous.com. I uh, just did the Weekend Geek talk for San Diego Comic-Con. And coming up, the next thing I'm going to be doing is going to be Mission Impossible Fallout. And... I'm working on something that I don't know if I'm going to finish, but uh, I got a couple ideas of some different just random editorials, like how should the X-Men be brought into the MCU, and what would I do to make, like, 
the ultimate James Bond movie and, you know, different things like that. So if you really want to see stuff about that, let me know. I'll try to get around to that. That's my plug stuff. Rob, throw yours out there. Um, WrestleZone.com for your daily wrestling news. I will be on the WrestleZone daily live chat tomorrow on Facebook, which is at 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, and what is that, 3 o'clock on the West Coast. That's at Facebook.com slash WrestleZone.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. And check out Time Killer Apparel and buy a t-shirt there. And support me and support... If you support me, you're supporting Smart Out Moment. If you support Smart Out Moment, you're great. So, you know, keep supporting. Yes. If you support us, you are great. That's how it works. That You get into heaven if you support us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unless you're a dog, then you're going to heaven anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> goodbye. Charlie. Thanks for listening to this, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you when we talk to you. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out. Ah!